Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two Scene Podcast. Welcome, first-time listeners, to the Two Scene Podcast, the podcast where two journalists sit down and talk baseball. I am your host, Tyler Foy, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Camilo Fonseca. We're back. Yeah, we're back, and uh, interesting enough, in the last episode, we said we wouldn't be taking a break, but um, as you guys might know, that isn't what happened. It was just a little, a little sabbatical that we took. Sure. I mean, listen, okay, we're very busy people I, I <laughs> sometimes, um, but I hope everybody's holiday season was great for Thanksgiving if you celebrate it, um, but something that is true about Thanksgiving is that there's no baseball. Uh, yeah. Every other sport. Not like anything happened, you know, since the last time we recorded. No, no. Nothing really to I can't know. think of anything. Um, besides maybe, you know, if you guys didn't hear this already, the Astros, they won the World Series. Oh, that's right. Against who? Um, I think it was the Philadelphia Phillies. It was so oh, long ago, so I hope everybody maybe was caught <laughs> into the news and in the loop. Uh, but yes, we do apologize for not being around to give you guys information on this off season. Uh, but there's been a lot that's happened. I don't think we need to sit here and, and talk too much about every single action that has come through. There's been a little bit of drama with some free agents already. Um, but this episode is going to be really dedicated to going through each American League team and discussing you know, where they can improve, uh, what we think they need as in to to do so right a little post-mortem on the season what went wrong what what didn't and what what things they need to address Absolutely. or if they don't need to address anything um there are going to be some of those teams that we'll get into for one reason or another they shouldn't have much to do over the off season yep and uh starting off we'll, we'll go from east to west uh going into our division that we care the most about which is the american league east uh, where would we start? I think the best place to start is just alphabetically. Why don't we get Baltimore out of the way, right? I think their season was obviously a shock to many people, including me, right? And and uh, I couldn't have predicted that they were going to have such success. They're a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, but, you know, obviously, I don't think there's much to talk about what went wrong. Obviously, they were in a position where they shouldn't even have been in in the first place. What went right was that their prospects... And the team kind of just came together, as well as some other teams in the American League uh, not doing so well as expected, such as the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, even with the Red Sox, you know, doing a little under... We'll get into the Red Sox, but the American League East was still, you know, one of the most... This has been one of the most competitive seasons of that division, you know, sure. at least in recent memory, yeah. if not, you know, of all time. Like, I can't think of a... Uh, there was a real possibility that all um that four teams from the from uh the division would go on to the playoffs and that didn't end up happening but the fact that we were so close is a testament to how much the Orioles overperformed this season um that said i don't think that the Orioles should look at this season and think that 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 they are you know that that's where they are i think it's it's clear to everybody that they have a very strong core you're right all of their young players that came up did pretty well but i don't think 
you can expect them to necessarily count on that same level of success. Um, that doesn't mean I don't think they're going to do well or better next season. Um, but they need to shore up their position, especially in you know such a historically competitive division. Um, they sh- they shouldn't take you know those eighty three wins for granted. I think they have a lot of work to do at shoring up um, the promising season that they just had. I actually think that you know obviously yes, I don't think that they should think that this is where they're at. But in terms of this free agent class, I think there's a lot that they can do with this free agent class, and they should actually dip into this market. And one of the things that show me that this um, this group. Um, this front office knows what they're sort of going towards and, and building towards the goal. They had two pretty good players that they traded at the deadline. Uh, Trey Mancini, a longtime veteran player that they they wished off to Houston. And obviously he won a ring, so I'm sure he's pretty happy about that. But, you know, sometimes letting go of those veterans can be difficult, especially towards locker rooms, but they weren't afraid of of trading Trey Mancini and another player Jorge Lopez was one of the best relievers in the league and when they traded him during you know midseason I was like well that's kind of strange right you think that they would be going for the postseason since they were kind of close at that point uh, not as close as they actually ended off being but you know it showed to me that they are not going to put all their eggs in one basket. They're hedging I, their bets. And I don't yeah, think, which is smart. And I don't think they're going to do that over this offseason. But I do think that they should sign players that they believe will be impactful two or three years down the line. Right. Oh, absolutely. I just think that you can't look at last season and think that they have to win. They're not. The Orioles are not in win-now mode. No, they not have, at all. They have plenty of time. And, I mean, the the young core that they've they've developed and are developing uh, just shows that um definitely you're right there are some pieces that they can add starting pitching absolutely um there are i mean the 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 thing with baltimore is how much uh payroll are they are how much how large of contracts are you going to see them spend this off season are they going to be cautious or do you think that they're going to be more aggressive um because I think that the Orioles are in a comp, not the not the exact same position, but a comparable position um, to where, let's say, the Rangers were last year. Do you see what I'm saying? Where they could, um. they, where they could go cautious and get some, you know, safer, um, lower upside. Um, but lower risk targets in the in the free agent. No, because the Rangers went out and they bought. They spent the most. Well, that's what I'm saying is that they have the option to either do what the Rangers did or pursue like a more cautious, which I think it would be the right move is to be. I don't think Baltimore has cautious. as much money as as Texas did because Texas was also coming off of introducing a new stadium. They wanted big names in their new stadium to attract new fans. Um, I don't know. It was a, it's a weird situation that the Rangers were in, and they spent a lot of money on a middle infield duo that did not pan out. Uh, but we'll get into that. And, yes, we will get into that. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that I think I think it's not wise to do to look at an aggressive strategy like the <laughs> Rangers did. I do think that they should spend on one player. I don't know who that will be yet. I think it, you know Degrom has been talked about for them 
Oreos as a potential landing spot, but I don't think that will. I don't. Be yeah, I don't think that's. I happening. do think though that a pitcher that they can get on a five or six year deal. Tyone's out there. Tyone's you know, been talked about. Shamanaya. They should go after. They should go after somebody like that. Uh, I don't think that they need any specific position players. I think they should be looking towards pitching. You know, but. Uh, that's just my take on on the Orioles. I don't have much more to add to that. There are some, I think, outfield. Ba- I mean, with Mancini leaving, the whole thing with Mancini leaving is, you know, after he left, they were what only four or five games out of the the postseason. But picture. the thing they get, you get rid of Mancini is because you're going to let Gunnar Henderson play. You're going to let um, Kierstad play, right? Right. You're but gonna... I think there's still room in that outfield to be adding some some sure. bats if you if you wanted to be more aggressive. But again, I don't know. We'll don't have know to see. If they should be. I don't know if they should be. But I think one. I think one. One big name, one signing would be enough. Sure. For the Oreos. Yeah. To definitely make a difference in that in that team. Uh, whether it's a big difference, we'll have to see next season. Uh, but there is one team that needs to do a lot, and it's confusing because I don't feel like there's a direction this team is taking, and that is my favorite team, the Boston Red Sox, and you know. There's so much to say, and I'm going to try to keep it kind of short, but number one option for me, obviously, is is that there's a lot of players on this team, such as Rafael Devers, and actually, well, there's actually not that many anymore because they're all gone, Uh, but that core that was from 2018 is basically dissolved, especially with Xander Bogarts, now a free agent, Um, and... I, at this point, can see Bogarts in another uniform. And the more days that pass, the more I'm sure that it's going to happen. Uh, order of business right now, I think, for the Red Sox should be locking down Devers um, to a long-term deal. And after that, you know, I've said it for a while, um, going back to Bogarts, you know, the Red Sox have drafted three consecutive middle infielders. The year before that, they drafted Tristan Casas, and he's a first baseman, DH slash third base as well, um, which I'm sure he'll be playing first. And I know he didn't have a great start to his career, but I can see some real good potential in him. Um, what, what really needs to happen, I think, is that we do let go a little bit. Uh, and that's because I, I just I don't see it happening at this point. It's unfortunate, but I think Trevor Story is going to move the shortstop. Maybe Marcelo Meyer in a, a year or Nick York in a year is going to come up and play second base. But I, that's just the direction I see the Sox going. I would love to have my captain here. I think Bogarts helps you sign Devers as well. But then you're wondering how much money are we pouring into these players? I, I don't know. It's a weird spot because... The Red Sox, ha- Red Sox have so many areas they need to improve on, which priority number one after Devers, so priority number two, fun fact, that's how numbers work, <laughs> um, should be pitching. So you don't think, you think Bogarts at this point isn't even a priority. You think he's a, I don't want to say lost cause, but you don't think that's a serious I think prospect it, of him staying in Boston. I think it gets to the point where we are now, where we've, Obviously, they've negotiated, they've had talks, they've given contract offers, and none of them have stuck. So, you get to the point where, you know, if a front office is valuing a certain player at a certain number, 
you know, and you just continuously bring that one up and up and up. Eventually, you're going to overvalue them. I don't know exactly, you know, it's tough to, to say, right? But it seems as though this Haim has probably been planning or at least had the prospect of not paying Bogarts for a while now. Sure. But once, yes, I, I that completely makes sense. My, the way I'm looking at it, again, not as a Red Sox fan, and I don't know as much about the Red Sox farm system as you do, but I look at this team without Xander Bogarts, even if they manage to keep Devers around, what like what prospects is that, not prospects, what um, outlook does that team really have for the next year, two, three years? Devers is young. I think you just continue to build around Devers. We hit a little bit of a reset button. I think so. I mean, JD's going to be out or is out. Vasquez is out the window as well, right? I mean, you probably want to just continuously for the next two seasons be a little bad. And well, that's tough, but that, I, I think that's the kind of mode that the Sox need to be in. But don't you think that's better accomplished if you don't if you're not trying to keep Devers around as well no because Devers is young Devers can be in the next but Devers the next line and then the next one after that but the other thing is Devers is young but he's also a great trade piece if you want to flip him no for for prospects or if this rebuild is taking I mean this whole to me this whole franchise front office is looks completely directionless um but if they are going to commit to, let's say, a short-term rebuild, because they do have a, a, a good farm system, but if they are committing to a rebuild, doesn't it make sense to flip Devers one way or another No. to get stuff out of that? I don't think so, and the reason I don't think so is because we've seen... Red Sox have had, as you mentioned, short-term rebuilds. Red Sox have had many short-term rebuilds in the last you know, 20 years and have kept some pretty prominent players. Like, you know, I don't want to compare Devers to Big Poppy, but even when the Red Sox were doing absolutely terrible 2012, 2011, they actually were really good. They just had a bad September. Um, you know, the kind of years from like 2014, 2015, you know, certain names stuck around um, during those times. And I think Devers is one of those pieces uh, especially for a franchise like the Red Sox that have the ability to do this, is to keep your franchise player, at least player, right? They've already flipped a couple in the last, you know, I mean, they flipped bets, right? Uh, and I can't even say that one worked out. <laughs> I mean, that was a terrible trade now that we look at it. But I would say that they have a better chance at being more successful keeping Devers because um, one reason is because obviously we know what happened with bets, so I don't know if I can trust them making trades. Uh, mm -hmm. And two, because Devers is so early on to his career um, that he will be a part and a prominent part in the next rebuild, in the next you know World Series contending team that the Red Sox build. Sure, uh, but on the pitching side, we're screwed. I mean. Absolutely one of the worst bullpens, one of the worst starting rotations. What do you do with Valdi? You know, what, what what do you do, right? I mean, you have Paxton coming back from injury, and you'll have Chris Sale presumably coming back from injury. And I think both of them are going to do terrible. I think they're all past their prime. I think we got to stop paying for these 
really bad well, but that's... veteran pitchers. But of course, if we're in this rebuild mode, then why don't we figure it out? I don't know. It's a tough position. It is. It is. Uh, I I will say it makes it a lot easier if you just commit to the rebuild. You don't really have to worry about this sort of um, payroll flexibility now as as much as two three years down the line especially if you're building around you know marcelo meyer the all all these prospects that are coming up i also wonder just let these contracts what chris sale how many years does he have in his contract just let that run out you know it's a lot of years (laughs) um i wonder hope he finds his form again i don't know i wonder you know will heimbloom be there to watch it all come to fruition if the Red Sox have a bad season, and this is also another thing with GMs, right? We talk about the rebuild. A lot of GMs, if they start a rebuild and the team does bad, they eventually cut the cut the GM. So I wonder whether or not Haim feels a little pressured to find that success or whether or not he believes, you know, he has the backing, which, you know, obviously is a behind-the-scenes type right. angle, which we don't have, but... Um, I think we've spent enough time talking about the Red Sox. <laughs> to sum it up, they're directionless, yes. Directionless, yes. And I think that as a as a fan, it hurts me. But I do think that we need to look at potentially, you know, hitting that rebuild button. There's some strong teams, you know, with the Orioles coming to become a real contender. The Blue Jays are a contender. The Rays have been contending. The Yankees are always there too. And, you know, as much as I want to stay on top of a division forever, it might be a good time while the other ones kind of not exactly fizzle out, but it might be a good time to lay off the gas a little bit. Yeah, sure. I think I think that makes sense. Uh this is and I think Hi- I'm not a Heim hater. I know there are many I, I'm not I, I don't I don't think you are either. No, no. I think not. The, he, regardless of whether you agree with it, I'll say this and then we can get off the Red Sox train. Whether you agree or disagree with his philosophy, he has the opportunity to re- to really reshape uh, this team that it's, it's at a crossroads. You're right. And it, we have to see whether he's still around to, to get through the end of the rebuild. But he has the opportunity. It's not doom and gloom for the Red Sox by any means. Traveling from one bustling city to another, moving on to the New York Yankees, an organization Ugh. that finished pretty highly this year, um, but still has a lot of question marks. And their biggest one, obviously, has to be their MVP, Aaron Judge. What happens? I mean, people knew that we were going to be in this boat um, at the beginning of the season because Aaron Judge obviously said he wasn't going to negotiate over the course of the season and then he went out to have the greatest contract season probably to my knowledge in the history of baseball um you know breaking 62 home runs whatever um the thing is i think and i've said it before whoever signs aaron judge will be overpaying for him because he's a great player um i don't know if he's the player I don't know if he if his career outlook now um, is the sort that justifies becoming the highest paid player in baseball history, you know, with probably excess of $40 million uh, a year for the next, 
eight to ten years, you know? That said, if the Yankees do not re-sign Aaron Judge, they are in a lot of trouble. Um, because, obviously, it's it's impossible to... I, I really, like, you can't overstate the contribution that he had to that team. Oh, I mean, absolutely, right? Um, and, of course, they're going to be in a tough situation. But they do have a very strong system. They do, but there's, they have some strong prospects coming up. Anthony Volpe, obviously, but like, they and that's that's why um, they resigned IKF is because they know that there are going to be prospects coming up. They also resigned Anthony Rizzo. Yes, um, and he was going to go. And so, what what do you think if they are spending money anywhere and it's not Judge? Let's say on the premises, Judge does not come back to the Yankees. What do you do then, as Brian Cashman? That's a real well. First of all, there's a real hole. Like there's a real dearth of of outfielders in that lineup. Then, because you're talking about uh, an outfield that still has you know Aaron Hicks, Stanton out for half the year. Is Waldo Cabrera gonna man up? Cabrera. Well, he did. He didn't do too bad last yeah. season. But he's not. You're you're right. He's no Aaron Judge. And there are. This is also not a good market for outfielders this year. There are not a good a, a lot of. If, in fact, the closest, you know, Aaron Judge, I'm looking at it here, he has 16.9 war on the season. The only outfielder that's even close is Brandon Nimmo at just over eight. Um, which, you know, Brandon Nimmo, I think, fits that system pretty well. But that's, he's obviously not going to come close to nearing Aaron Judge in terms so of. Let's look at a couple other prospects that they have. Um, one of their better outfield prospects is um, uh, Jason Dominguez. He's been pretty good in double A, and he's coming up. They drafted first, fun fact, not so fun fact, interesting <laughs> fact. Um, the f- number one draft pick for them was a 6'7 right fielder who's a lefty, though. So, interesting. Well, I, 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 they've obviously been looking towards getting a younger outfield. Um, you know, they still, of course, <laughs> they do have the option to put Stanton in the outfield. I don't know whether or not that might happen. I think it could. I don't think Stanton's as bad in the outfield as, you know, he's just, he's not elite. Well, regardless um, of, of how that pans out defensively, those are three spots in the, in the, which you're right. Stanton defensively is, is the less said, the better. Um, but those are th- basically three spots in the lineup that you're now trying to figure out. Um, ben Attendee is also a free agent. So, um, and another, there were, they had a couple injuries in their infield. So DJ LeMahieu is probably gonna he's gonna be back in this lineup. Mm-hmm. Where do you put him? Do you put him at DH and you put Stan in the outfield because you can't put him at first base, right? Um, you're gonna have Glaber Torres as well and, and IKF. So that's that is that your middle infield set? You know, it, it, there's a lot of questions on where you play players, but I don't think they're in the position where they need to go out and pay a lot of players except for. Our, our fa- my favorite thing to say, I guess, in this entire episode is going to be, you know, some starting pitching. Always. I think we have a very strong shortstop class that they probably might not, they might not pay attention to. Um, they were in the running last year for some shortstops, and they do have Volpe coming up. So I wonder yeah. what, what direction they're going to be in. It, a lot's going to be determined on whether or not they sign a shortstop this um a, un- another shortstop another middle infielder this offseason yeah 
I mean, the the whole IKF signing makes me think, makes me lean towards that they're content to ride him out at least until Volpe is able to able to come up, um, which indicates that they're not in the running for Correa, for Trey Turner, for any for really any of the. For, I I doubt that they would get. Um, Xander Bogarts. I also doubt that Xander Bogarts. He seems. I don't think he would go to the Yankees. Uh, maybe that's just a little bit of optimism on my part. Um, yeah. I mean, starting pitching obviously is something that they always want to look for. Um, we saw how Montgomery got traded to uh, St. Louis at the trade deadline. Um, that did not, you know, arguably did not bode very well for them going into the playoffs. Um, Whoa. Harrison Bader had five home runs. I mean, Harrison Bader, exactly. But I just mean in terms so. of in terms of their rotation um, and bullpen, especially. I mean, we saw the, the sort of revolving door that they had going this season. You know, the drama with everybody getting injured. Um, you know, Ch- Chad Green. We don't know how he's going to come back. Um, the whole thing with Chapman. You know, but you he's... know, you know who has a lot of pitching. Ooh, the I think, Tampa Bay Rays. I think I see where you're going here. They yeah. have a lot of pitching. I don't think that they really necessarily need to touch on it. I mean, of course, I think they're going to go sign some guy that probably had a dumpster fire season, and he's going to have a one ERA and a point <laughs> point two three whip. But um, what do you, as Tampa man, think about this offseason? Um, a couple things have already happened. Yeah. Um, well, just looking, I mean... The big things that happened is, you know, um, they declined Kevin Kiermaier's, um last, the option on his on his last season. Um, I think it was for the best. You know, I, I think there are other teams that need him more than the Rays do. Um, the, and oh, that's one way to phrase it. There's Yeah, sure. And, and um, the Rays were forced to uh, non-tender a bunch of uh, their bullpen. So I think in terms of pitching, the Rays are, are solid. They'll probably try and get a starting pitcher, maybe bring Corey Kluber back. I liked him this season. Um, I've also seen people say throw around Ross Stripling. I think that would do really well for the Rays. Um, These are all sounding like some great Rays signs. Yes. These classic Rays. The big thing um, that the Rays need, um, and the thing that they really have needed for the past four or five years that they've tried to address is offense. Um, because this team was one of the last... Um, in the American League in terms of runs created. Um, and I think this season, with so many injuries, which also, you know, the Rays came in third in the division, but also had, I think, by a significant margin, the most injured players in terms of days on their roster in the entire league. Um, but it really showed that with the everyday players that they have, they need more offense. You know, um, they're going to look at, at getting somebody at first base. They traded away G-Man Choi, um, which is really sad. He's a fan favorite. But um, there are a couple first basemen on the market. There are some, some relatively reachable outfielder, outfielders on the market. Um, people have said Brandon Nimmo would fit very well, but I, don't, I think he's out of their price range. Um, I like Michael Conforto um, because I think the Rays can get him cheap um, coming off of a... a you know, injured, injured season, um, and maybe Will Myers. That that's re- those are really the names that I'm I'm looking at. You know, uh, I don't have much to say about Tampa because every single season they blow my minds. Anyways, you um, really just have to hope that they stay healthy because I think if you have 
you know, Brandon Lau was out for most of the season. Juan I Franco agree. The first baseman would season. be key for them, though. But a first I feel like baseman that's a would pretty be great. big hole exactly. for them, yes. uh, especially not even just a hole in terms of um, of right now, but also prospect wise. I yeah. don't think they have anybody. They did draft a first baseman, uh, but I actually don't think that he's going to be much of anything after just looking at his comps and I don't know. He doesn't seem he's like not a guy close anyway, so. that. Yeah, absolutely not. But um, obviously, they know first base is a hole because they drafted one uh, in the first round. So, um, but I don't have much to say about them. So I think we should just move over to Toronto. And Toronto had a got kind of. I mean, I thought they were going to do better in the postseason this year. Obviously, I had them. I had them in the yeah. World Series. <laughs> um, but. Toronto, I don't think, needs to panic any more than, you know, the World Series winners, Houston Astros. You know, I think yeah. they're in a very good position. And one thing that they've already done is they traded Teoscar Hernandez, um, who has been a an all-star for them, has been mm-hmm. a really strong um, player for them. and But they're dealing from a position of strength. Right. In that trade. So, so they-, they traded him to the Mariners and got a pitching prospect and also Eric Swanson, who's a reliever. Um, so they're already boasting up a bullpen that I think that's where they needed to kind of be in, the bullpen market, um, for that team specifically. And what trading Teoscar did is it freed them of at least $14 million off of their salary. So what do you do with that money? Now? Which you can now use, which I think they should now and are planning to use on starting pitching because I there are think, lots of starting pitchers I on this that market they should that use, they can shore up. I think they should use that money to actually get some of their franchise players on long-term deals. Maybe I mean that's one way that they could do it, but I, I think this team has been... Where What starters do they need to really... I mean, I think well, they you have can't, a very you, good... I, I don't think you can play Kikuchi um, at the number five slot in that rotation. And I think they would like to be... Is the five slot in their, in their rotation really that pressing of an issue that you think that's where they're going to be looking to spend money on? Well, my thing, is, my thing is, is you have to look at where... Like, just looking off of how they exited the season. They lost because of their pitching right the offense is there the well, off- yeah one of the best exactly comebacks it- in postseason history <laughs> i mean right it came off of because well it's kevin gosman on the mound he's entering uh i think his what was it his fifth inning of work his sixth inning of work already pitch count was up in the 80s um you could have made a case to take him out he pitches over 100 pitches kevin gosman loads the bases and that's when they take him out when he's already 100 pitches over. I think there was a lot of managerial um, yes. mess-ups in yeah. that game. Um, they should have obviously won that one. And, you know, you know, they still have Alec Manoa. I believe they still have Ryu, yes? Yeah, I believe so. And Jose Barrios. Like, I don't and Barrios think... should come back. I just think that that's the, place where, that's the place where there's the most clear need. Because in terms of offense, yes, it would be good to, to lock down some people long-term. But... Just looking at the next season, the they don't have any concerns, you know, putting the ball into play or putting it over the fence. Which is why know? I think they should go out and make sure that they have those players that put the ball over the fence on some pretty good money. Some, so some that, just, that just gets down to the question of whether you want to stay competitive for a long time or whether you're in win-now mode, which I think that the Blue Jays 
are close enough and have been close enough that at least the front office can tell themselves that they need to make an all-out push this season as opposed to, you know, shoring up their players for 2025-2026. See, when I look at their team, I don't say that they need to shore up their chances. I think chances come with time for them, and I think the time is now for their prospects. Um, we're gonna, they're going to need a bigger season out of Boba Shett. Uh, that's one thing for sure. And he's going to need to be better, mm-hmm. um, especially since Teoscar's leaving the lineup. He's going to have to be stronger. Um, Alondro Kirks need to have that that same that same performance. Will Alec Manoa keep up the work that he did? Probably not. I mean, it was a fantastic season. It's very tough to replicate that. Um, but it's going to be interesting for the for them. But I do think we need to move on to a wonderful, I mean, amazing American League Central. All right, like top notch. <laughs> Um, who's number one? Is that, uh, Cleveland? Yeah. No, Chicago. I'm, I'm playing with my, uh, my alphabet here. Yeah. White Sox. Obviously a very disappointing season from them. Literally. I mean. 81 and 81. This is a team that I think we both had them comfortably winning Winning the the division. division. Yeah. I mean, disappointing. They had some injuries along the way. I I might've had the twins actually now that I remember. I don't think we can, you know, can't just scan over injuries, but obviously how you deal with injuries is is also another way to look at you know an organization's um, prosperity, like how they actually dealt with it. Did they deal with it correctly? I don't think they made that many moves to actually put themselves in better positions. Um, obviously, I've, I think I've talked extensively about how they really messed up letting Rodon go and signing Lance Lynn, but. Yeah, I think a lot of the issues from last season were off the back of their... I, 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 Tony La Russa was a big problem. I think getting some new blood in there will definitely at least improve their fortunes. Um, I You know, you really can't uh, keep going to, to starting pitching... Um, I want to rephrase that. I don't want to keep saying that all these teams need starting pitching, um, but Chicago is a team that definitely suffered because a lot of their pitchers had very, very um, difficult and or injury-prone seasons this year. Obviously, Giolito, Lance Lynn, both... uh, did significantly worse than they did in 2021. Dylan Cease was positive. I mean, hopefully he'll he'll be able to replicate uh, that campaign going into uh, 2023. But just shoring up that rotation, I think, is a big thing that they need to look at. I think they have a lot of long relievers that I think they need to transfer into starting pitchers, like Garrett Crochet and um, um, Michael Kopech. You know, yeah. I think those there needs to be some of their best pitchers, I think, need to be in a position where they are starting. Um, other than that, you know, this team of young players, their old veterans are, I mean, not just getting older, but also leaving, you know, Abreu's gone, yeah. Abreu's gone. Yasmani Grandal is only getting older. Tim Anderson is probably the best player that they have on that team. Uh, I mean, and he hit great last season, but of course, once again, age does catch up eventually, right? 
apparently he's um what what did he say he was he's the modern day jackie robinson jackie that, robinson that yes. what he said? well that was a whole we don't need to get into that that was that was a whole whole thing with was it Josh? Do- I don't remember who the other one was. Was it Josh Donaldson? Probably, because Josh Donaldson would say some shit like that. But <laughs> right, um, you know, I don't really know if I have any takes on where they should go. I just think that they need to pick a direction and run with it. You know, if they want to improve starting pitching and pitching depth, go for it. But I don't think. That spending, and this is actually, you know, obviously you want to improve your position in all, or your teams in all positions, but I don't think they have to on this on this roster. So I would say for them, pick a position that you want to improve, whether it's just getting one franchise player at that position or a, a few starting pitchers, few relievers, and and just run with it. Yeah, I agree, and it's going to be difficult because. Obviously, the Reinsdorfs are not known for, for being, for shelling out large, large contracts. Um, so they're going to have to have a very focused approach to the offseason if they want to, you know, get back into the relevance of this American League Central next season. It's going to be very hard. I will say they, regardless of whether a rebuild makes sense or not, I, I don't think it does, but I've seen people out there saying that it, it is time for that. It's going to be very hard to convince to convince White Sox fans that this team is go- needs to go into another rebuild. Um, you know, this team is that that's kind of been the point where they've been nebulous, nebulously more or less, you know, in that area for the past decade. So, and, and moving on to the next team in this division, we're going to go to Cleveland, who shocked the world yeah. um, with an absolute stunning season. Um, manager of the year, uh, Tito Francona, um, just just making his way through the Central and into the postseason, getting past and almost getting past the Yankees in the division series, but albeit losing. They shocked a lot of people. Some players on that team absolutely stepped up. Um, where do they need to improve? Not the pitching staff, right? Um, I see it more as a another time situation, right? I think some outfielders would look good on them. Um, but I actually have a kind of a hot take. And I think it's that you keep Andre Jimenez at second base. Obviously, you're going to have Jose Ramirez at third. And I think you you kind of push Ahmed Rosario to the side. And you go all in on Trey Turner. I think Trey Turner fits the Cleveland way in terms of how they approach hitting, how they approach base running um, perfectly. I think Trey Turner would slot so well into the way Cleveland's infield is set up. And I would say that was a great landing place, but I don't think that that's where he will end up. I'm just saying that if there was a position and a free agent that they should target, I would say it's Trey Turner. Interesting. Um, I don't know that... You're right. I do think Trey Turner slots into that system well. But I don't think... You know, I... A, I... The return on Ahmed Rosario, if they decide to flip him, is not going to be as much as maybe it should this year just because there are so many shortstops on the market. And genuinely, 
I don't think they need to move on from the, the Cleveland is one of the teams that I was talking about in the beginning, which I don't think they need to do pretty much anything, uh, anything big this off season, maybe add, you know, add a catcher. Um, and there are a couple catchers on the market that they could go for Sean Murphy. I can see ending up in Cleveland, for example, but um, other than that, and maybe getting, you know, the bullpen's great, but if you want to get some depth in that, that's fine. Really, Cleveland is is a team that just needs to focus on the development of its young players. Um, if you can extend some of them, I don't think you need to right now because I think a lot of them have a couple years until arbitration. But if you wanted to do that, that might be something to look at. I don't know that uh, it needs to make a big splash this off season. I think they should have signed. Uh, I think they should have brought back Carlos Santana. But uh, he actually went to the Pirates, which uh, we'll talk about next week in our National League video, uh, our podcast. Uh, but moving to the next team, because I think we do got to start blazing through. And trust me, these ones, we don't have much to say about. Um, but Detroit, um, what does Detroit need to do? Not much. Uh, I think they're also in a position where they have a lot of young players. And they did make some moves last year with some starting pitching, uh, starting pitching bringing in some veteran names. Um, they do have a pretty decent pitching staff and I don't think they actually have the money anyways to spend, but let's say for fun that they did. Well, you say that Detroit doesn't need to focus on one particular thing. I say that Detroit needs to focus on everything because at pretty much every area, there are woeful, um, I also don't think their prospects did that well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, Detroit, it, it, everybody expected them to take a massive step last season, which they didn't. And I think that's a good reality check, especially with the new general manager coming in um, after all Avila left. There's a lot less pressure on him, I think, to make this team win, uh, like become instantly competitive, because we know that they're not close. Why don't now. they go for uh Carlos Correa. I I think genuinely I think that is one of the worst things Detroit could do. Um because I also think that it was a bad move for the Twins and I mean we'll get into that in a second. I think it was a bad move for the Twins and it would be even worse for Detroit for the same reasons. Um because that's so much money towards one position on that team um where you could instead be gradually building up pretty much everywhere else pitching corner infield you know there are a lot of holes on that roster that need to be addressed so what you're saying is they should sign correa and judge (laughs) oh yeah i mean if you know what if detroit can sign carlos correa and aaron judge maybe maybe i'll change my mind at the end of the season um but yeah this team is not gonna be good next season um so i just think that they need to first of all pitching um and supplementing you know they they need to look at pitching um they also need to look at batting um they and also and all. also catching they need to do yeah, it all they, they need, need to... <laughs> to do it all uh and so do the uh <laughs> the Kansas City Royals right yeah i mean they don't have much to build off of and there's i don't have much to say about the royals we didn't predict them to be anything so in terms of post mortem and they weren't and they, <laughs> they won 65 games so they are not going to be good next year so just keep keep on tanking honestly and that's that's bad like i know that's difficult 
for the fan base in Kansas City. Um, they're not going to be happy about a team that continues to be bad. But guess what? They're getting a new stadium. Uh, oh, by the way, that's news. The Royals are getting a new stadium. So at least for the next, like, 15 years, they're fine. I liked their stadium. I yeah, thought I the water fountain. I thought the fountain. I, I don't know why they're changing. I, I liked it. I thought it was fine. I hope that they have some fountains in there somewhere. The city of fountains. Exactly. I, yeah. I hope it's like there. I mean, I yeah. like their stadium. But they're, they're. But the fountains did actually. I mean, not that they filled up their stadium anyways, but because they have fountains in the outfield, <laughs> believe it or not, you can't sit there. So maybe they were like, well, we need you to maximize our profits. Well, the thing is, this team is bad, but it's not like it's bad and it has the promise to be good soon. Because their farm system is right is worst ranked in the majors. And yeah. you'd think that it'd be a lot better from them being bad for the past five years or whatever. Well, they but... did draft five starting pitchers in a row. <laughs> five consecutive years they drafted they start high school starting pitcher. Uh, and let me tell you something about high school starting pitchers that get drafted in the first round. They don't pan out well. <laughs> so, you know. That's yeah. just a little bit on that, but just um, continue being bad. Get some draft picks, you know that, and then we'll see where you are in five years when you're in the new stadium. And uh, and then the Twins, the Twins are also in this division. They won it out, right? Right? Nope, no, they didn't. Wait, no, they didn't. They did not. That thought which we, we thought, thought we thought, thought that they would. Thought they yeah. were going to contend, right? What and happened? I think I think, what happened? I think they are. First of all, I think I I like Rocco Baldelli. I think he's got to go at this point. Because that's uh, two consecutive seasons where the Twins have seriously underperformed expectations under him. Um, Correa was bad. Correa was bad. And Correa, you know, we talked about it before. He was not the answer to their problems. Um, They can get someone a lot cheaper on the market. Especially, this is the year to get someone cheaper at shortstop on the market. Elvis Andrus is, is someone that I think is within their price range. Maybe not great, but, you know... He fits in there, and then you can improve at other positions. Uh, there are lots of outfielders they can go go for. Um, starting pitching. Again, starting pitching. Lots of people. You can get Jose Quintana. You can get uh, Taiwan Walker, I think, fits the Twins well. Um, you know, just don't shell it all out on a massive Carlos Correa. Con- especially do not bring Carlos Correa back. I think that's the worst thing that they could do. I like what you got going on. I like I I not not necessarily think about the Elvis Andrews is going to make an impact on that team, but but and especially <laughs> I don't th- I, I'm not saying they have impact. Royce Lewis. I'm saying serviceable. They I think he can be serviceable. Play Royce Lewis. They have some prospects that I think deserve to play get some more play time that didn't. Uh, Royce Lewis was injured. Anyways, they they do have some infield prospects that I think could be great for them. Uh, in fact, that's what they've been drafting. They've been drafting infield prospects. Um, that kind of I mean some of them. Uh, like the one from Vanderbilt. They drafted a guy from Vanderbilt two years ago, and they've kind of turned him into an infield outfield guy. Uh, and he should be probably up, I think, was his name Austin Martin? I can't remember anymore. Um, but, you know, the Twins, they're in a position where they were underperformed, definitely. And they definitely still have a lot of people. I mean, they have the guy that won the batting title. Byron Buxton actually stayed pretty healthy all year, uh, which is something that. I couldn't have predicted. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but 
you know, I like what you're saying about improving multiple positions, and I think the veteran route is actually which way the way that they should go. You, I see on your notes. Sorry to peek down at it. You yeah. got Duval and Hanniger down there. Yeah, I think those are coming some guys that should be there. I like the Walker, Thor, Quintana. Maybe not all three. That would probably be pretty <laughs> messy. But <laughs> I like them getting somebody like that. Um, Thor is going to be expensive, so I think Walker. I also I think Walker is the best option out of those three. Yeah, I agree. Um, and he probably will have the higher price tag. Thor will have the highest, um, how to say, baggage. He'll have the most baggage that he'll take with him uh, for good and for bad. Uh, and then Quintana, yeah, he, he's serviceable. You know, He's been around the league. Yeah, and I think the Quintana, those types of arms are the ones that I think are a lot of teams are going to be in demand for. Not, a, not an ace by any means, but serviceable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then as we head out to the West, uh, we are going to have to make this one a little shorter. And I think that there's only, I mean, you know, if we're going to just go through the quick ones real fast, Oakland, what are they doing? They're doing nothing. Blow it up. Blow it up. Oakland, uh, you know. It's gonna, already blown up. They sent a nuke. They, Sean, okay, they still team. have Paul Blackburn. They still have Sean Murphy. Shay Langoliers, I guess. You know, you can flip those for some like this you cannot I'm sorry, Oakland fans. You you have nothing to look forward to in your immediate future. So blow up any semblance of having a competitive baseball team. Maybe don't I actually it's probably better not to trade them in the offseason. Probably keep hold them to the deadline. Hope I would that say. they perform well. Hope that they perform well. Which I you know, I can't imagine they'll do terrible. Um, Shane Langlier is, well, I don't know. But I don't think he's she- going to get much play time with uh, Sean Murphy being the number one catch on that team. They can play him at DH. I, I guess. I don't, they I can don't play why. anybody <laughs> at any position. In fact, Shea's going to be playing center field for them, if you didn't know. Um, but, um, but yeah, this team, they're not going to do anything, and they have no reason to, um, because they're going to Las Vegas in, spoiler alert, in five years. So, And then the Angels... Um, Although they actually probably do have a lot, uh, they've actually already made some moves. You know, they've gotten a starting pitcher. They got Tyler Anderson. You know that they've. It seems that they've already started to address um, some different needs. Yes. That they needed. You know, and they have money. They always have money somehow. I mean, they have a lot that they need to to go through, right? I mean, what do you do with uh, what do you do with Walsh? You know, uh, there's a lot of questions, but I don't think necessarily that it's exactly there's no panic in in la i don't think the expectations are all too high i think the only panic in la um is that if this is shohei otani's last season with the angels or i mean it's the last one that he's under contract for anyways um you want to make it count like you want to give him a reason to want to come back you cannot have this team being another you know 70 win team that misses the playoffs right uh this has to be a successful season even if that just means getting to the playoffs you know and if that means spending big on shortstop on pitching you know you have to do it and the angels have money again somehow so just go out and do it and i think and then they're willing to so yeah no i absolutely and then 
the next team that really doesn't have much to to say about not i don't think they have much to say about but a little bit i mean the rangers also in this division we talked about how they were an absolute flop they spent the most in the uh offseason last year to absolutely get shelled so many games i mean you get you know <laughs> they don't have to worry about a middle infielder you know they got marcus Simeon and Corey Cor- Seager. yeah that's um where do you go next? I don't exactly know what their budget kind of looks like. You know, I think they're a weird team where they don't win a lot of games, so they're not broadcasted. They don't definitely not. You know, it doesn't think it doesn't feel like they're bringing in that kind of broadcast money. But obviously, they have wealth to spend that much money on players last year. So, do they go out and they spend big again? I don't know. It seems that they're rumored with a lot of major free agents already, especially a lot of major pitchers. Um, people have been talking about Kershaw. Well, people have been talking about Kershaw since last year. For for ages, right. Um, DeGrom wants to go to the Rangers, apparently. Rodon, they've been rumored with as well. You know, they're talking to all the major aces. And, you know, I guess they getting an ace would probably not just add some security to, you know... Because their pitching is bad. Yeah. It is not good. But Martin Perez, he was great for them. He was. That was a good move from them. It was, and... Uh, that's probably the one that panned out the best out of all of them. The only one that panned out, really. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, I mean, you know, there. Are, I think there are a lot of places this team can improve, but the big rumors that have been swirling are starting pitching, and that, I think that's what they need the most. And I think that's what they're going to, they're going to go out and spend on somebody, whether it's, I don't know if it'll be the Grom. If they get the Grom, you can play like five games and then be out for the season. Um, <laughs> but... They're, they will go out and pay top dollar for him. Um, and then... And he wants to be there for some reason. Well, so, you know. Is he from Is he from Texas? I don't even... I don't, I don't get why he has expressed interest in going to the Texas Rangers out of all the teams that are looking for starting pitching. But... Moving on to the World Series champs. Uh, we have the Astros. What do they need to do? Just keep on doing what they've been doing. Honestly, I mean... They've gone through some pretty rough times, and uh, I mean, warranted rough times, of course, but, you know, they've kept their, their main core, and they've continued to build around them with their own system. I mean, they're, they've had one of the best uh, systems in the league in, in the past, like, decade right now, it feels like, and I don't think they need to do too much, you know? I don't think they need to do too much. Whether they will or will not is not my decision, but I... Yeah, this team is, again, another team that really does not have any pressing concerns. Obviously, it'd be great to bring back Justin Verlander, but even if you can't... They still have... They're fine. Framber. Yeah. They still have... Lance McCullers. McCullers. They still yeah. have Javier. I mean, come on. Come on. The name... The list goes on. The right. list goes on, and it's painful. It's tough. They've gone to... They've, they've gone, gone to, to four, four, World four and six. Four and six, six years. years. Yeah. You know, they've been in the last six uh, championship series. They are perennial contenders, and they will probably continue to be perennial contenders. Yeah. And uh, the biggest enemy to the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, that's true. Um, Run through the Mariners real quick. I mean, again, another team that did, I think... Get Bogots. I think that's a I think that's a good team to get Bogarts. Yeah, I mean their middle infield is I think the big things that they second base especially. I can see him in a Mariners uniform. 
Bogarts. Yeah, I mean that's a have I have right here listed power bats middle infield. So <laughs> that's that works. Um, you know there are lots of op- there are not a lots of options for sec- for uh, shortstop. Not a ton of options for second base. Uh, Gene Segura, Jonathan Br. I have Yu Chang here. If they want to make that, that's my that's my surprise. Red Sox Yu Chang, <laughs> Rays legend Yu Chang. Yu Chang is I I think he's a good player, uh, just because of roster crunches and various situations. He has been able to establish a presence on a team, but I think you know Seattle might be willing to take a a chance on on him. Uh, I have also here listed that they might take Trevor Story if the Red Sox blow it up. Oh, um, they can have him. <laughs> I mean, it's they possible. The, the thing is, though, is that I don't feel... I mean, they've had, obviously, the, the Mariners have had quite the system that they've built, but they've also unloaded many prospects. Mm-hmm. Um, and their best ones were traded in the Castillo trade. Right. Um, like, I would have loved to have Noel V. Marte, which also they probably would have still loved to have Noel V. Marte. <laughs> um, but of course... He's going to be on the Reds, which we'll talk about next week, um, what we think the Reds should do. Um, I'm going to have no hot takes that episode. <laughs> so, so, um, Spoiler but, alert. What will the Reds do? Not much. Not much. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I don't think that the, the Mariners are in any position. Of course, you know, with how young their team is, are they realistically in win now mode? I mean, of course they're trying to win. Every train team's trying to win now, but I don't think they necessarily no. need to go out of their way to secure it. One thing that will help them is Bogarts, and I think I mean once again that's a great it's a possibility. Place. It's yeah. a great place for him to land. Yeah, if he's going in the AL, they don't want him. Certainly don't want him in the AL East. So I like as Seattle far, as far away. Boston probably wants him. If he's not here, they want him as far away as possible. Yeah, and that's Seattle. So. I, well, I think that is our classic hour of oh, yeah. baseball talk. And, um, you know, all everything that we've said is absolutely useless because I'm sure you guys already knew that these teams needed uh, to improve. Every team needs to improve. Except the athletics. Except the They athletics. can blow it up. They <laughs> blow what little is left. Once again, I would like to say they dropped a nuke on their team <laughs> last year. So I don't know exactly where they can really, I mean, continuously blow up. I mean, eventually. What's what's left? What's left, right? But Not the Coliseum. <laughs> not the Coliseum. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in this week to this episode. I would hope that we come back next week. Um, for the National League. We don't leave you guys on a little cliffhanger. Um, but as we are with promises, uh, and I'm not being able to keep them, I will not make this one this time. <laughs> so you'll have to figure out for yourself whether or not we do or do not. But if you want to follow us on Twitter, I've been loving the World Cup and being able to watch it every day and tweet about it. So if you want to follow my coverage, not coverage, I don't know why I said coverage, but uh, my observations on the world cup you can follow me on twitter at tyler underscore underscore foy and camilo um if you want to see me liking funny hockey videos uh you can follow me at fonseca underscore esq on twitter 
Well, thank you guys, and we hope to see you again for whenever the next episode gets uploaded. Bye.